What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Fantasy Frenzy podcast. We are here with our week four recap. Um, my name is Ben Padalero. I'm your host. I'm here, as always, with my very special co-hosts, Robert Armstrong and Tyler Master Marino. Boys, how we doing? Great, great Monday night, Patriots, out of surprise from COVID, so always a good extra day of football. Let's go, Pats. They look good so far. Absolutely. We're feeling good. Double double header tonight. It's a great weekend of football. My fiance is not enjoying it, but I am. So um yeah, super excited to be here with you guys. We're also honored tonight to have uh Ian Beauchain from Titletown Takes. Um Ian, how are we doing tonight? Great fellas, thanks for having me. Absolutely, we're honored. Um if you guys get a chance, check definitely check out his podcast. Um but now to get into our content for the night, boys, I wanted to switch it up a little tonight. Um, you know, welcoming our first guest in Ian, I wanted to kind of take the show in a different direction, kind of change up the order tonight. Um, I wanted to start off with a little game I put together inspired by verbiage from our own Robert Armstrong. We're going to play a game called Studs and Duds. Um, so I'm going to pick three players from this week who you know, kind of went off, but have been quiet up until this point. I mean, a couple names come to mind right off the bat, but I'm going to list off these players and, you know, you three, Rob, Tyler, and Ian are going to go through and kind of make your case for whether you think they're going to be a stud or a dud the rest of the season. Um, Basically how it works is you'll each go, you'll each have a turn to go first for each player that I'm going to list off. You'll get one point for each valuable fact that you provide um and then for each person that goes after you get one point for a repeat fact but if you provide me with a new fact you'll get two points and then the person that goes last will get three points for a new fact and you'll also it's kind of like a knockoff around the horn i think i can say that because they're not going to watch this um i mean does that make sense you're the guest. You'll go first for our first player, which will be actually from your team, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, is he going to be a 15 seconds? Go ahead. Um, I want to say he has a chance to become a stud. I think the biggest key here for him is the play of his quarterback in Baker Mayfield. The ability for Mayfield to continue to play at the high level that he did yesterday. I mean, I know it was against this Dallas defense that right now can't really stop a nosebleed. They're giving up close to 400 yards of offense per uh, per week. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I, like I said, he's got the ability, but it all comes down to Mayfield and whether or not he continues to look at him as a as a one A receiver like he like he showed. We saw a lot of uh, New York Giants style. OBJ yesterday. I think that uh, if that continues, he could have a strong year for the Browns, who they currently sit in a uh, tie atop the AFC North. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. Um, I think just out of respect for the, actually, I'll let Rob go first before I share my uh, my input. But Rob, Odell Beckham Jr. rest of the season stud or dud? Rest of the season as a whole, I'm going to give him a stud. 
um, just based off the fact that he is the number one guy there, receiver core. Browns look better um, than they were last year. Obviously, they had the hype coming out last year. Didn't show it. Looked better this year. Even in the loss, his worst week, he still had 10 targets, then 6, 6, and then 8 um, this week. However, if I do want to, if you're going to like try to trade for Odell or you have him on your team and you're thinking about him, he does have probably two of the best defenses in the league um, coming up in the Colts and the Steelers. So short-term dud, I think. Long-term stud for the rest of the season because he's still going to get a ton of targets. Baker loves him. And now if they're utilizing him in those uh, gadget plays and the run plays that they had last night, that just adds a little bit more fantasy value and a potential for another touchdown. All right, awesome input. And then Tyler, same thing. Odell, stutter, dud the rest of the year. I am going with a dud. Obviously okay. not to an extent where you're going to be benching him every single week, but I'm thinking more of a wide receiver two flex play. I mean, in a game where the Cleveland Browns scored 49 points, and this is the basically the best matchup against Dallas, he only had eight targets that game. That's not a crazy amount of targets. Cleveland, to me, is clearly a run-first team, and OBJ's got that big playability. He looks way healthier this season than last season, but the Browns are just going to be a run-heavy team. And I, that's There's no reason to stop when they're just running all over teams. I mean, Odell's a great and talented player, but the Browns are still the Browns. Baker's not looking his way every single time, so I'm going dud, especially compared to his 33 points in standard this year or this week. Awesome. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think out of respect for the player, I was going to, this is what I was going to say before Rob went. Um, I think it's hard to, you know, call Odell a dud just because of, you know, the name Odell, um, which may be why he was drafted where he was in some leagues this year. But I definitely see your argument there, Tyler. Um, so now, Beach, we're going to slide you to the back and we'll go Rob, Tyler, Beach. Um, another obvious one here, Joe Mixon. You know, real concern throughout the first few weeks of the season. Absolutely blew it up yesterday. Rob, stutter dud the rest of the year, Joe Mixon. I hate Joe. No, I don't hate Joe Mixon. I actually really think he's really talented. I hate the Bengals offensive line. I hate running backs that have bad offensive lines. See Saquon Barkley. See now Joe Mixon. Of course, he's going to do well against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, I think any running back coming into Jacksonville is going to going to put up a good fantasy week i mean he has the carries if you want to start him he's going to have the carries i mean even if they're getting blown out 19 carries 16 carries 17 carries and obviously 25 this week does not average against good defenses like philly and even cleveland he averaged 2.9 yards a carry like i said on the podcast probably last week his first three steps are uh, backwards sideways sideways because there's already someone rushing at him every single time he touches the ball i think he's an incredible talent and i feel like he's being wasted on the Bengals. However, I do not think you can take a performance against one of the worst defenses in the NFL um, and then call him a stud all of a sudden after how he started off against actual respectable defenses. Yeah, that was kind of the thing with Joe Mixon this week. Um, and I don't want to steal anyone else's thunder, but obviously this was kind of his get-right week given the matchup. Um, but Tyler, we'll go to you. Stutter, dud, Joe Mixon the rest of the season. Try and be unbiased if you can. <laughs> I cannot say he will be a stud, so I'm going to have to go with he will be a dud. The touches are absolutely there. He had 25 rush attempts and six catches this week. That's 31 touches. You got to score that many fantasy points if you're getting that many touches, even throughout every game. He's still been around that 20 mark. But for me, it's, it is like Rob said, it's that O-line is the issue. It's not really Joe Mixon. 
uh, and I wanna I wanna like him. I wanna try and sell high on him while I have him right now. But Joe Burrow, he's he's got his targets. He's fine with slinging the ball, and I feel like the Bengals honestly haven't even been really tested so far. They played the Chargers. Chargers and all rights are a good defense. Cleveland, I still can't get a good feel for how they're gonna be yet. Philly, they're all right again, but the Jags is the team that he he should have beat up on, and of course he took advantage of that. But I still don't think he's gonna be able to improve on this performance and string together maybe a couple twenty point performances. I think he's he's kind of dependent on touchdowns, which he's getting his goal line carries every single game, and he's gotten stuffed at the one so many times. So I gotta go dud here. All right. Absolutely. And now Beach, we're off to you. Same thing. Joe Mixon, stutter dud the rest of the season. Uh, I'm going to fill in here and, and just complete the hat trick here. Uh, I'm going dud, um, as both Rob and Tyler mentioned. I mean, this is a guy that he, he should be a one. He, he should be a one a back in Cincinnati and he should be putting up numbers like he did on Sunday against Jacksonville every week. Uh, as you alluded to, Ben, his first couple, or I think it might have been Rob, his first couple of steps are side, side, and back. I mean, the offensive line is a big question. It's been that way in Cincinnati as, as long as I can remember over the last five, six years. I mean, you look at his attempts per game. I mean, he had 19 carries week one against a, a Chargers team for 69 yards, followed up by 16 for 46 yards against Cleveland. And I mean, that, that was another game that, you know, at the time – two teams that are considered the bottom of the barrel as far as the NFL talent is concerned. A Philadelphia team that just picked up their first win of the season on Sunday against the 49ers. I mean, the Bengals probably should have won that game if, you know, they, I don't know, they could find a way to punch it in with a couple of, couple of chances later on in that game. And giving Mixon the chance to carry the ball a little bit more and see him produce you know, you like to see him come away with a win there, but I, I just I haven't seen enough out of him through four weeks, and I think yesterday may be his highlight week of the season. Awesome, yeah, great take there. Um, you know, not much more for me to say. Obviously, this game's about you guys. Um, just a quick update <clears throat> on the scoring right now. We have one player left. I do have a overtime player tiebreaker if we need. Um, but we have Beach at eight points, Rob at nine points, Tyler with 11 points. Um, and now it will be Tyler's turn to go first. The last player, Stutter Dud, the rest of the season. Um, you know, drafted with promise, slow start to the year, injury, came back this week, played well. Um, DJ Chark, Jacksonville Jaguars, Tyler, Stutter Dud, the rest of the season. I am going with Stud. He finally led the team in targets with nine. And the first two weeks he was, he was getting overshadowed by the other receivers. And I had no idea why. And now the injury makes perfect sense. He looked like he was able to bounce back from the injury. He's still a good red zone target for Minshew. And Minshew is absolutely slinging the ball. And the Jaguars, our team, they're not going to, they're not going to have the greatest record this year. Let's be honest. They're going to be behind in a lot of games, looking to Chark's way and, as long as he stays healthy and leads the team in targets, they are just going to feed him. And the two scores this week is huge for him. And I am absolutely all aboard DJ Chark, and I think he's going to be a stud. Awesome, awesome. <clears throat> Ra, uh, excuse me, Beach, we'll go to you next. Um, DJ Chark, stutter dud the rest of the way. 
Yeah, I'm buying in on DJ Chark. Um, I, I again, I think this is another guy that suffers from the player was quarterback. I know Rob's a big Gardner Minshew guy, but you know there are times where Minshew shines and he can put up, you know, two fifty, two seventy five in a game and throw for a couple of touchdowns. And more often than not, you know, two two of those three touchdowns or attempts are going to be headed towards towards Chark's way. Um, yet on Sunday in a loss, I mean, he had eight catches on nine targets. That's a pretty productive Sunday afternoon. He averaged 11.9, uh, yards per catch. Uh, he had a long of 22. You look back to week, uh, week three against Tennessee in a loss. Uh, he was four for four on, uh, excuse me, two weeks ago in week two. Um, he was four for four for 84 yards. He had a long of 21. Couldn't find the end zone. Um, but he had a long long catch of 40, uh, 45 yards in that one. Um, again, I think if he can get good play out of his quarterback um, and continues to pull in a few more of those targets that come his way, I'm buying in on DJ Chark. All right, yeah, for sure. Um, good analysis. Might need to take off a point for time constraint. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Rob, that leaves you. DJ Chark, starter dud the rest of the way now complete the hat trick the opposite way and go stud as well i obviously love gardner Minshew, and as with gardner Minshew being good this year i mean like you said 351 yards this year uh this week 275 last week 339 the week before he's also throwing 45 times 42 times and 40 times i mean regardless of he if he's completing over half that's still a ton of times to throw the ball uh and as we know we talk about game script all the time on this podcast the Jaguars are going to be behind in most of the games they play all season. I, I rarely see the only time they're ever there ahead this year was obviously against India, uh, Indianapolis. And obviously then he throws a less because actually we're ahead, but I don't see them ever ahead uh, the rest of the season. So Gardner Minshew's going to sling it. Chark is his number one guy, even with rookie Leviska Chanel kind of breaking out every here and there. Uh, Keelan Cole looks decent, um, catches a few touchdowns, but Chark being fully healthy and back as he was this week. We saw what he produced, two touchdowns, 95 yards. I mean, I, I can't see Gardner not just slinging the ball. That's what he loves to do, just toss it around. Um, they're going to be behind. They're going to have to throw it. Uh, and Chark is the number one guy once they start throwing it. And now that he's fully healthy, I, I, I just see up. I see this week over and over again. Do you get two touchdowns? Probably not. But the yardage isn't target. I see this just every week from now on with him, um, just with them losing every game. Yeah, awesome, and I definitely agree with you. I was hoping you got one more chunk of information in there because I have you and Tyler at a tie right now. Beach, unfortunately, I have you with 13 points, Rob and Tyler with um, 14 points. Rob got a lot of points there for the Keelan Cole comparison and then the game script talk. Um, so my last player, down to Rob and Tyler. Um, Rob, you went last, so you can go first here. Traquan Smith, New Orleans Saints. Um, stutter dud the rest of the way. I'm regretfully going to say dud. The only reason I say regretfully is I actually spent some money, picked him up last week in another league. Um, so I was actually really high on him. I Michael Thomas is a guy that's got a battle back from injury. And the fact that the Saints have actually held Thomas back again um, makes me think that he's going to be fully healthy when he comes out. And then a fully healthy Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara running all, uh, all cylinders. There's just not enough, even with a good offense in New Orleans, it's just not enough to go around. Traquan Smith is going to become the longer mid to mid to long range threat. As we know, Drew Brees can't throw mid to long range anymore uh, from what we've seen. Michael Thomas is going to be hitting those slants. 
he's going to be the one that's catching those Traycon Smith passes. Um, so that I, I just, I just, I see him becoming like a longer option, and I don't think Drew Brees is going to look his way. It's going to be all Alvin Kamara, all Al- Michael Thomas, um, and I think he's going to fully come back from injury healthy now because they keep holding him out longer and longer. So I, I just see the Saints. And the Saints don't look that good either. I just don't think there's enough play to spread the ball around. I think Traquan Smith, unfortunately, is a dud. Someone I'm going to keep on my bench, just in case if Michael Thomas goes down again. But with with a healthy Michael Thomas, I I can't say there would be enough uh, production out of him. And then, Tyler, same question to you. Traquan Smith, after his game this week, stutter dud the rest of the way for the win. I am, I am 100% on board with him being a dud. He is the offense for the Saints is clearly run through Alvin Kamara right now. And when Michael Thomas gets back, I think Traquan Smith is going to be next to irrelevant. I mean, this week, Traquan Smith, four targets, four catches, two touchdowns. That's just super efficient. And that is, there's no way he keeps up that pace. If he doesn't have those two touchdowns, then he only finishes the game with 54 yards. And that's just a very mediocre game for a wide receiver. And, I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to start getting the ball some more too. They're going to try and work him more in the offense. I honestly don't even think I would keep Traquan Smith on my bench with Michael Thomas back. Yeah, there's always the possibility of the injury, but I think this is the best game he's going to have all year with those two touchdowns. So I am, he is definitely a dud for me. All right. Awesome. I prefer him over Sanders though for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's, it's a close I just don't like the way Sanders plays. He's dropped too many, but... Yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the input, boys. Tyler, you um, you did make some of the same points that Rob make, but you did bring up stats from this week and prior week. So I'm going to give you the win on this one for that because Rob did not mention Thank stats. You. Thank you. So Tyler, you you will be the first victor of the year. Um, and how this is going to work moving forward, I'm going to keep track of who wins. And basically, I want it to be like. Rob and Tyler kind of as a team, but separately against whoever our guest is. So right now the boys are one guest beach. Although we, we thank you for playing. Unfortunately, you couldn't get you the dub this week. Um, great input hey. by all of you. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, now quickly, before we jump into the games, I want to talk about some injuries this week and some, po- some replacements that are in line to replace them. Just two quick guys here, obviously big names, um, Rob, I'll start with you because this kind of directly impacts you. Austin Eckler going down with the hamstring and the knee injury, set to miss some time. Um, obviously, you immediately you want to say um, Joshua Kelly's in line, but how are you feeling about this backfield moving forward? I think the thing people are overlooking is the fact that um, what's his name is going to come back healthy. I can't think of Justin Jackson is going to come yeah, back yeah. healthy. Uh, the the Joshua Justin Jackson, jeez, all, <laughs> yeah. all the J names. I was I was combining them all in my head, but no. So I think people overlook the fact that he's supposed to be back healthy, um, either this week. I think he's practicing this week, from what I saw. So he is the pass catcher. So he's most likely going to replace the Eckler role. I mean, we we've already talked about each week the fact that Joshua Kelly, up until maybe uh, last week, was getting his carries each week. I mean, it's not like Joshua Kelly wasn't getting looked at. So I don't think his role is going to change too much. I think what they're going to try to do is bring Justin Jackson in and try to replace how Eckler played. Um, so, yes, I think it does bring up the value a little bit because Eckler does take some carries, and I think Justin Jackson's really just going to be pass catching. 
However, overall, I don't think it changes too much um, on this the Chargers' backfield. Um, for Joshua Kelly's sake, I don't think it makes him that much better. Um, but who knows, if Justin Jackson comes back and he's not completely healthy, then obviously Joshua Kelly becomes like a number one guy, and, and it is going to do everything around. I don't see um, anyone taking that from him. But he'll have his carries. Uh, for me, as Eckler, I'm I'm just happy that it doesn't seem to be the rest of the season. Looks like they're going to bring him back around week 10 because they have a bye week 10, and so he'll be fully healthy after that. Um, be back for fantasy playoffs. So that's what I care about. I was going to say, yeah, you're really happy to see him back for fantasy playoffs. Um, the other guy I want to talk about briefly before we jump into the games is um, Nick Chubb Beach. I'll go to you with this one. Obviously, you know, looked like originally like an ankle injury, but it's they're saying it's a knee injury. He's going to be placed on the injured reserve. Um, you know, the unquestionable backup, uh, Kareem Hunt, is going to be coming in and taking over. How are you feeling about this backfield moving forward? Uh, there's a lot of names as far as the running game is concerned. I mean, you look at a guy like Dontrell Hilliard. I mean, he's only played in one game. He put up 19 yards, but, you know, with with the injury, there could be a chance for him to kind of step up and fill fill a little bit of a hole. Um, who knows how much of a hole. I would expect, you know, a, a bulk of the carries here to continue to fall um chubb's way and i'm sorry uh kareem hunt's way excuse me but uh it'll it'll be interesting to see i mean chubb up to this point averages uh, 7.2 yards a carry um and it was it was one of those things yesterday where you know despite putting up 49 points a lot of that came a lot of that came through the air uh especially courtesy of the uh, OBJ and Baker Mayfield connection. We really seem to have it going on yesterday. Um, and like I said earlier on, I, I think again, a lot of this is going to come down to the play of the quarterback and how confident uh, the coaching staff of the Cleveland Browns is in, in the ability to want to rely on uh, a back in Hilliard who hasn't really done a whole heck of a lot to this point in the season. Yeah. And I think even before the Chubb injury, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a big, um, I'm a big handcuff kind of guy when it comes to, running backs. And I think Hunt, you know, is arguably one of the best or was arguably one of the best handcuffs in the league. Um, I had him on my bench and I traded him, but I think, you know, especially this year for running backs, handcuffs are so valuable. Um, you know, you get Hunt up there with Latavius Murray, Tony Pollard, um, those kind of guys. And, you know, when the lead guy goes down like this, you know, they're automatically thrust into a, you know, a high role. I wouldn't say Hunt's at the you know polished RB one role, but he's certainly a high RB two. Um, you know, given the way this uh, this offense operates, um, Tyler, I don't know if you have any further thoughts on Kareem Hunt either or yeah. other running backs that could probably that could be slotted in for Nick Chubb. Yeah, absolutely. Hunt's gonna be the main guy. I know Johnson had thirteen rushes for ninety five yards, but I think that was due to kind of game script and they were up already. Hunt's definitely gonna be the main guy. But let me just read some stats to you real quick that I find very entertaining. Please do. Cleveland Browns, Johnson had 13 rushes, 95 yards. Kareem Hunt, 11 for 71. Then if we go to the Chargers backfield, we have Justin Jackson, six rushes, nine yards. Joshua Kelly, nine rushes for seven yards. That's (laughs) just an absolute flip on the guys and – Confident for Cleveland, not so confident for the Chargers backfield. 
I was surprised by Dearness Johnson. I was watching the game and all of a sudden I heard Dearness. I was like, I thought they were going to say like Dearness backup. Like, just like the Ernest, like, you know, the word Ernest was, I thought they were going to say Kareem Hunt. And then I was like, oh, that guy's yeah. name is actually De Ernest. I'd never heard of him. I mean, he had a great game, 7.3 yards of carry. But I, they like that power back. Maybe he, that's him and they just keep Kareem Hunt in the same role. But it's interesting. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with those guys moving forward. But now we'll jump into our game recaps. Um, obviously, we recorded last Thursday during Thursday Night Football. We'll kind of finish up that recap now. It was the Broncos at the Jets. You know, Broncos take this game 37-28. I think the big story here, you know, I guess the Broncos defense, or excuse me, the Broncos offense looked great. Um, Melvin Gordon ran for 107 yards and two touchdowns. Jerry Judy had that monster Randy Moss catch. Um, that was he, nasty. I was going to, yeah, I know. It was a grown man catch for sure. Um, definitely making his presence known. Um, Jets offense. And that's enough about that. Back to the Broncos. <laughs> Ian, I'm going to go ahead and break down this game for us. Uh, the Jets are going to Jets. I mean, the Jets, S-U-C-K, suck, suck, suck. I mean, how how much longer are Jets fans in the city of New York going to have to suffer before that organization goes ahead and makes a coaching change? I mean, we've heard for the last three weeks heading into Thursday Night Football that if the Jets lose on Thursday night, or if they lost on Thursday night against the Broncos, that Adam Gase was going to be shown the door. And immediately following the game, <laughs> the Jets front office comes out and says, no, we're sticking with Adam Gase. And, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things. You look ahead to their schedule. This week they got the Cardinals at home. Kyler Murray's going to probably run, run rampant on them. The following week they got to go out to the Chargers, then they got the Bills, and they got to go to KC. And then they come here to play the Pats, or they sorry, the Pats go down there to play them on a Monday night. Um, I'm I'm willing to bet that Adam Gase doesn't make it to the Buffalo Bills game. Um, as much as you want to sit here and say that you know the the Broncos look great, and I mean yeah, great for Brett Rippon, uh, 19 19 to 31 for 242 yards, two touchdowns, and with three picks, uh, he had a QBR rating of 63.9. And a QBR rating of 67.6. I mean, that's pretty good for somebody who's coming in to play its first game. Um, but at the same time, as much as I said, we want to sit here and take a look at how good the Broncos were. The Jets are just that much ter- more terrible. Yeah, I was going to say the the bright spot for the Jets was probably the three interceptions that the defense had. Um, they got Crowder, too. He's the only guy that I am eyeing for fantasy football. Seven catches, 104 yards. I think he's very usable against subpar secondaries Mm -hmm. the other thing i want to touch upon quickly and rob i want to hear what you have to say about this um melvin gordon like i said earlier 23 carries 107 yards and two touchdowns um we're not playing studs and duds again but this is something you know you can do you think he can be continue to be trusted to get this type of value every week maybe not two touchdowns on 107 yards but is he someone that you can comfortably start every week yeah i mean he has no sort of like like we're talking handcuffs. He has no handcuff in the backfield. I mean, Royce Freeman ran it three times, and then the other two, the other six rushes were the quarterback, and they they went for a net four yards total. So I, they, he doesn't have. He had 23 carries. I think he's going to be a lot of the carries. I'm just afraid he's kind of like a Joe Mixon, but like less. Ta- I think less talent, a little bit better offensive line. Uh, I, he's going to get the carries. He he only had 4.7 yards a carry, which is obviously good, but it's good against the Jets. It's it's tough. I think 
he's definitely someone you want to have on your roster because he is the guy there. I think the number one guy at any team, like if someone's this clear as the number one guy, it's worth having. So I think he's good, but I think he's going to be a start sit based on his matchup each week. Um, because I don't think Denver, unless they get everyone back healthy, um, is is going to be a good offense going forward. But Drew Locke could come back, but now Noah Fant's out for a potentially week-to-week basis. So I just that offense isn't going to be firing all cylinders like this each week. So it's a starter sit based on matchup for me rather than um, just a consistent all season. Yeah, great. Thanks for the, uh, the input there. The next game I want to talk about is the Saints at the Lions. Um, Saints take this game 35-29. I think the big story here that I really want to talk about is the backfield. Um, obviously, Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara. Um, and I th- we talked last week, I think, Tyler, you mentioned that Latavius Murray could really be a flyer this week, and, I mean, that definitely was the case. He actually outscored Kamara fantasy-wise. Um, you know, the touches were still there for both of them, 19 touches to 14 touches for Murray. Um, Kamara had a touchdown, and Murray had the two touchdowns. Um, and then, obviously, we talked about Traquan Smith had four receptions for 54 yards and two touchdowns. We kind of already, you know, addressed him moving forward, so we don't need to dig any more into that. Um, but Tyler, what do you kind of feel? I don't want to ask Rob because Rob's biased, but what do you kind of feel about this backfield moving forward? To me, it's still Alvin Kamara's backfield without a doubt. He is that team. It's nice to get Latavius Murray in there when he needs breaks, but Latavius Murray did get a couple of uh, goal line carries there, which makes me a little worried as Kamara, but he's just so talented that Kamara's, Kamara's the guy. Murray, you can start if you're desperate, depending on the matchup. Like if if the Saints are playing a top run defense, you're not even considering starting Latavius Murray. And then Drew Brees, 246 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. You know, kind of average game we'd expect out of him. For the Lions, um, Matthew Stafford, 206 yards, three touchdowns to three different people: um, Kenny Galladay, DeAndre Swift, and T.J. Hawkinson. Um, I wanted to focus on Swift a little because I mean, I know I traded him today. I'm not trying to trash talk him because I traded him, but he was kind of, he only had four carries um, for a majority of the game. And he was kind of not really there until that touchdown kind of saved his day. Um, Rob, I know you kind of, we kind of talked about this before we recorded, but what do you feel about this backfield moving forward? Yeah, they don't seem that interested in getting DeAndre Swift. Um, the ball in the backfield, like you said, four carries. Adrian Peterson does seem to be their guy. DeAndre Swift is just a handcuff, but is really the pass catching option this week. Finally caught that touchdown pass, four catches. So, well, like, I mean, when you have, when you're running back with as many catches as rushes, that kind of says everything you need to know about your use in the backfield. Adrian Peterson, for some reason, at this age, is still that guy. He's very good. Um, and at this point, I, I DeAndre Swift, you're only stashing on your roster, probably to never start. Um, and only stashing for the potential keeper value, depending on where you've selected in your league. Uh, I I think AP, this is probably his last year with the Lions, and and DeAndre Swift get more carries and carry on. Um, So that's always good. At least DeAndre Swift is actually solidified as the number two guy and the pass-catching guy. Um, But yeah, no, outside of keeper value, I'm not really looking at DeAndre Swift, unfortunately, because I did draft him in another league as well. I was hoping he'd take over that backfield, but he is not. And then Beach, I want your or Beach, Ian, whatever. Um, I want kind of want yeah, your. I, don't care. <laughs> I want your input on this. Um, T.J. Hawkinson has two touchdowns on the year now, fifteen receptions. Um, is he 
someone that you can start comfortably every week moving forward with Galladay back. Um, Marvin Jones kind of non-existent yesterday. So is he, I mean, we know he's a big part of the offense, but how do you feel about starting him on a weekly basis moving forward? Uh, well, that's, that's a great question. I mean, looking at it, this is, I mean, it, it's tough. Again, you're looking at a Lions team in general that, I don't know. It's it, it again. It, it's one of those things where the coaching staff needs to kind of come up with a game plan each week to find a way to get more guys involved because you're not going to be able to rely on Kenny Galladay for 40 out of 45 pass attempts because the team's going to find ways. They're going to end up double teaming him. They're going to be able to shut him down. And then when it comes time to that, they're going to load the box, put eight up and up on the front line and, and, and dare you to run the ball because they know that, Matt Stafford doesn't really have any other uh, legitimate receiving threats aside from Kenny Galladay. So I I don't know. Hawkinson's one of those kind of guys that you kind of keep an eye on, and maybe if there's you know a favorable matchup that the Lions have going forward. I mean, looking at their schedule, they got the Jaguars and Falcons the next two weeks. So those are two teams that, you know, maybe you take a little bit more stock in and maybe put them in a second flex role. If you're in a league that has two flex spots like ours, but other than that, I, I really wouldn't look, look into Hawkinson a whole heck of a lot. I mean, he's, he's got 15 catches for 185 yards, just two touchdowns. I mean, that's productive, but it's, it's nothing that really opens your eyes each and every week. Yeah, and that those stats are good for tight end. <clears throat> excuse me, tight end nine does of this week. Obviously, we have a couple more games to go tonight. I kind of want to shift gears into the charges at the Buccaneers now. Um, Tom Brady looking like the Tom Brady of old, as much as it hurts to say. Um, still, Tom Brady um, led a great comeback. They took the game thirty-eight thirty-one. I want to start with the Chargers here. Justin Herbert, 290 yards and three touchdowns. You know, looks pretty good again. Um, the only thing I wanted to question was, you know, Keenan Allen didn't really have a big participation in this game. There were a lot of there are a lot of guys you wouldn't expect to catch touchdowns catching touchdowns. Um, you know, Guyton, Parm, and Johnson. And I it just here every single guy that had a touchdown on the day, that was their only catch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I noticed that too, and that's why I thought it was so funny. I was looking into these guys. Um, one of them came from the XFL, which you know is obviously not playing right now. They just got acquired by Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia, so they're supposed to be back next year. But anyway, we could talk about that another time. Another story for this offense is Austin Eckler leaving. Obviously, we talked about that and the implications that'll have on the rest of the backfield moving forward. Changing gears to the Buccaneers, though, Tom Brady, looking like Tom Brady, the Patriots, pulling comebacks out of nowhere, 369 yards, five touchdowns to five different receivers, mind you. Um, Rob, I kind of want to converse with you on this. Uh, Mike Evans touchdown, Scotty Miller touchdown, OJ Howard touchdown, Keyshawn Vaughn touchdown, Cameron Bright touchdown. Um, How are you feeling about Tom Brady? I mean, he's showing that he looks fine. The arm looks great. He's still spreading the ball around like he always has. So what do you got? I think that's, it's the prototypical Tom Brady game. A bunch of touchdowns to, and no no one duplicating. Like you said, five different receivers with the touchdowns. 
Chargers, we already talked about it too, where actually have looked like a good defense too, which I think this means even more because the Chargers, remember, two weeks ago um, held the Chiefs uh, to overtime and actually made the Chiefs offense look a little, like slowed them down quite a bit. So to see Tampa Bay, who's been a struggling offense, even though they're three and one, this offense wasn't firing with Tom Brady yet. Um, and this seems to be a breakout game. A lot of guys, Mike Evans, like you said, seems to like him. And and to note that they still haven't had Chris Godwin really back yet. I mean, you fought, you slot in Chris Godwin. This could have been six touchdowns, seven touchdowns. Like, there's just a lot of lot of receiving options now going forward for them, uh, which is almost bad for fantasy because the, he Tom Brady does spread the ball around. Um, but if they're gonna have games this good, then everyone was startable. OJ Howard was startable. Well, OJ Howard's now out for the rest of the year, but. Um, I was just going to say, you get guys, t- you know, tight ends like O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray. We're not even talking about Rob Gronkowski in this mm-hmm. in this discussion. Um, but yeah, O.J. Howard um, ruptured Achilles. He'll be out for the year. So that's a, a weapon loss for Brady, although he should have Godwin back for week six because they have the, qu- uh, the quick week five turnaround Thursday night. Um, so I'm expecting to see Chris Godwin back for week six. I think it would be the smart move to hold him out. Um, Tyler, I want to kind of talk to you about this because I don't know if you have any other thoughts on this receiver core. You were a Chris Godwin faithful at one point. Obviously Brady's our guy, so I wanna I wanna let you get your word in. Yeah, definitely. I mean I promising wide receiver core for everybody in fantasy, I think Scotty Miller's emerging as the guy, even though he has some drops this year, Brady keeps going back to him. I mean Evans had that shaky game with the Two, two, two line where he had two catches, two yards, two touchdowns, but he bounces back and he seems Brady loves giving him some 50 50 balls and just lets him jump up and make a play on it. So there's no real worries for me. The only receiver that I'm really concerned about right now is Ronald Jones because he's going to lose Brady's trust soon because he's dropping so many passes. And I don't, I don't know what's going to happen when Fournette comes back. I don't know who, who's going to be the main pass catcher, third down back. Obviously, there's Vaughn is getting involved in the passing game, but Ronald Jones had too many for me, and I don't think Brady's going to trust him as much. Yeah, I think we're kind of seeing what we're used to with Tom Brady, um, stretching the field, making comeback wins. I don't really think we need to talk any more about that. Um, Fun fact on the the Chargers side, uh, that Donald Mm -hmm. Parham, it showed that he scored the touchdown, said his name that he scored a touchdown, but then if you clicked into the game and saw who scored the fantasy points, it said fantasy points, um, seven points for unknown player. So literally, they <laughs> didn't even have him in like the the system as like a fantasy player. So you, I don't think he was. You could have picked him up if you wanted to. Not that you would have, but I don't think he was like even. I don't think he's an available player. Um, up up until he scored the touchdown. I don't know if they actually have added him since then. I was gonna look it up, but yeah, now he's available. He's a tight end, but he yeah, literally showed up as unknown that, player. That kind of week, and obviously, I, go ahead, Beach. I just think it, one one big thing yesterday that a lot of people were kind of talking about in this Charger game is it turned late in that first half, right? The, the Chargers stopped the Bucks on a on a four, I think it was like a fourth and two, fourth and one deep in uh, Charger territory instead of opting to kick a field goal, and they got the ball back, and then immediately first play from scrimmage the next next possession they they fumbled it and turned it over. And we've seen it time and time again up here in New England. You can't give Tom Brady extra possessions, especially late in the half, and especially where they were getting the ball to start the second half. Brady lives for those double scores. He loves to have the opportunity to get the fir- last score of the first half and the first score of the second half. Um, but you guys mentioned Scotty Miller. He's kind of in that same boat as 
as Brady. He's a six-round pick in 2019, uh, 208, drafted out of Bowling Green, you know, playing out of the MAC. I mean, he didn't get a whole lot of talk coming out of the coming out of the combine, and, and I mean, obviously for good reason, seeing that he went in the sixth round. If he can emerge as another legitimate receiving threat, along with you know, the likes of Chris Godwin and and Tyler Johnson down the road. You know, watch out for this Buccaneers offense. A lot of people have kind of talked about heading into the start of this season. No, I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, obviously there was a lot to talk about in this game. And I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm glad we had the time to talk about all of it. Next game I want to talk about is the Jaguars at the Bengals. Um, Let's talk about this game. You know, we big covered game. it with Mixon, um, Shark, and yeah. everything. I don't know if, I, I just don't know if there's any players left to talk about. No, that's what well, I was going to say. This one's kind of a, this one's kind of a, uh, you know, we kind of dug into this one as much as we need to. Minshew, another big day, three hundred and fifty-one yards, um, couple touchdowns. Chark, we talked about Mixon, we talked about Joey B, went for three hundred yards again. I just feel like this kid's coughing up three hundred yard games, um, or everyone in the league's coughing up three hundred yard games. Um, yeah, we can move right into the next game: Vikings at Houston. Um, you know, big news for the Texans. They obviously fired Bill O'Brien today, we found out. Um, long overdue. Long time, long time left coming. Them, <laughs> left them in a very rough position. No first or second round draft picks next year. No DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I'm sure there's other things we haven't found out about yet. The highest payroll in the league. That too. That too. <laughs> um, but to kind of dig into the game a little bit, you know, Dalvin Cook, eight as usual, 27 carries, 130 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Madison had a touchdown as well, kind of stole one from him on the goal line. Adam Thielen, um, eight, eight receptions, 114 yards and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, another 100-yard game. That's back-to-back 100-yard games for both of their receivers. So maybe Kirk Cousins is kind of finding a stride after a slow start. Rob, what do you kind of see from this offense moving forward? Yeah, as I mentioned last week, I dropped Justin, uh, Justin Jefferson then picked him back up. Didn't start him, obviously. Um, but happy to see that he got another 100 yards. Four catches is scary, but that's kind of what I expect. I expect Thielen to be the main guy. Look at Rudolph if you need like a throw here or there, and then Justin Jefferson's going to be like that long threat, big play guy, and I'm happy to see that. So is Kirk Cousins going to be good? We'll see. I mean, they have a favorable matchup next week against the Seahawks, who just getting roasted through the air. Um, and then the Falcons, which also don't have a defense, and the Packers, which have been in high-scoring games. So the next couple weeks will be very telling for this Minnesota team, a team that I didn't think was bad enough to be 0-3, or, and then 0-4. Um, so now they're 1-3, get that win. And I, I don't know if they could pull off a win against the next three, but they're going to pull off a lot of yards. So And if they don't, that just shows, I think, where, where they're at if they can't against these three bad um, pass defenses coming up. But I'm excited for Justin Jefferson. I know you just uh, shipped Thielen out. Um, but for some good value there, so, so I think I think that I think those two specifically um, have have some big work ahead of them. And then Tyler, talk to me about the Texans' offense. Um, Deshaun Watson, three hundred yards and two touchdowns. Will Fuller on Rob's bench, six receptions, one hundred eight yards and a touchdown. Kenny Stills had a touchdown on the day. Um, you know, obviously getting rid of their coach today. Got to assume this is going to create some sort of spark. Um, you know, they're 0-4 now, so what do you think is going to happen moving forward? Do they incorporate David Johnson more, Duke Johnson? What do you think happens with this moving forward? And Ian, feel free to chime in after Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting for a big David Johnson game. Hopefully the new coach likes him as much as Bill O'Brien, but I mean, 
Bill O'Brien traded DeAndre Hopkins for him, so maybe his usage will go down a little bit. He had two catches this week, 16 rushes, 18 touches is enough for me. He's just got to get a touchdown in there, and then it turns into a good game. And for Will Fuller, man, oh, man, is he just creating more trust issues with having over 100 yards and a touchdown. (laughs) I I don't know when I would be ready to start him. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. He's a great player, but you never know when he's going to get injured. You just never know, and that's – I don't want to talk anymore about him because I don't have a good judgment on him. You're gonna look at the Sean Watson right through the first through the first four games of the season. Eighty-four of one twenty-eight as far as passing numbers are concerned. That's a sixty-five point six completion percentage. You got three interceptions and six touchdowns. That's uh that's not fantastic. I mean, I know it's only through four weeks of the season. Um if he continues this, you know, he'll be he's projected for 24 and 12 TD to INT ratio. Um, but I, I think getting rid of O'Brien could open up a lot of a lot of options for Watson and his ability to run this offense. We know that he's a dual threat out of the backfield. He can throw the ball as much as he's a weapon as far as running is concerned. Um, you know, it's just a question of whether or not he's going to be able to buy into this new coaching uh regime that's going to come in it's it's one of those things where you're taking a look again uh, at the texans upcoming schedule a couple of games that kind of stand out to me right again you got the the jaguars this week that could be a good week for him to kind of get back on track and see what uh the offense can do following that and i mean luckily for them they play in a afc uh south division that isn't exactly the greatest you know you get the jaguars twice um you still have two against the colts and then you got two against the titans so i mean you still have all six divisional games so there's a chance for them to kind of climb back in but it's going to fall on the the shoulders of deshaun watson yeah i think you're spot on there and i you know like i said earlier i think there's going to be a big spark with the coaching change um whenever that does happen you know even with the interim coach Hopefully they turn things around. Um, next game is the Seahawks at the Dolphins. Um, you know, I honestly kind of expected this to be more of a shootout. I guess it kind of was. Um, I expected a lot more out of uh, the Beard and Devontae Parker. You know, they kind of saved it on yards. Um, but anyway, Russell Wilson, 360 yards and two touchdowns, you know, looked great again. Chris Carson had a big day, 80 yards and two touchdowns on 16 carries. Um, DK Metcalf racked up a lot of yards. David Moore had the touchdown. Tyler Lockett was kind of quiet in this game. Rob, talk to me about this offense this week. Yeah, it was. I think, I mean, 31-23 in the NFL this year doesn't seem like a shootout, but it is is not a shootout, but it's a high-scoring game. It's kind of what we thought a little bit. Um, yep. Seahawks obviously get the win. Russell, was, Russell Wilson still looks good. Uh, does I thought the biggest thing was Tyler Lockett not being that the guy um, kind of looking like, Tyler Lockett of a couple years ago where you think he's going to be good. You think he's going to be like the main reception guy and he just didn't really get it done. Um, they found Greg Olson a lot more. Uh, stinks. Travis Homer kind of stole, stole a touchdown. It was it, again, a situation where his only catch on the day was for a, touch, a three or touchdown. So it always kind of stinks when you have that. So I won't hold um, any judgment on Tyler Lockett this week. Uh, he bounced back next week, you assume, but it was always nice to see DK Metcalf continue to rack up a hundred yard games. 
thinks again that he didn't get the touchdown. David Moore got it, but um, really it's going to be those three, David Moore, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett going forward um, with the play of the tight ends. But I think it's just a week that they didn't get as many touchdowns as we were expecting. Um, Chris Carson did have two, uh, but not as many through the air as we've had. I mean, it's hard for Russell Wilson to throw five touchdowns a week. So take it for this week. Kind of what we thought. Easy win at the end of the day. The beard did make it look close at the end, but um, it was really it, they made it look closer than it really was um, by the end of it. Thanks for the minus five and a half cover, though, Seattle. Much appreciated. Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I just that was our lock. Just want to interject here: the Patriots have pulled Brian Hoyer. Jarrett Stidham's now playing. Um, All right. time. All He's time. The reason why they're losing right now solely. <laughs> Pats are playing cheap so well, and Hoyer can't hang. And Harris is having a good night too so far. Fourteen yeah, carries, ninety-four yards. That was a that was a big run. Yeah, Sony Michelle's gone in the offseason, hundred percent. Bum. Back to, Sony, back Sony, I, I think Sony. I think Sony's done. Bum. Bum. Yeah. Yep. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like him. But. I agree with you guys. What we're all thinking. So. <laughs> Anyway, um, just real quick on the Dolphins' offense. Fitzpatrick still put up 315 yards, had the rushing touchdown. Um, Devontae Parker, 100 y- or excuse me, 110 yards on 10 receptions on great PPR day. You know, that's all there really is to say there. Um, and we yeah, I'll, I'll hold judgment on Gaskin until they, cu- they come back against the- <laughs> They were down all day. They were down all day, yeah. so you didn't get a lot of rushes. Now we'll look at the Browns at the Cowboys. Um, I could. How about them Cowboys, Rob. If we could just insert a Stephen A. Smith gif here, that would. I know. I need the uh, just that would, just him that walking would, with the cowboy hat on. That would cover the. How end about them the Cowboys with his chocolate chip cookies last night? Um, the Browns <laughs> put up forty nine points on the Cowboys in Dallas to the Cowboys thirty eight points. This is the definition of a shootout. Um, Baker Mayfield, 165 yards and two touchdowns. Darvis Landry had the passing touchdown, and it was a really good pass. Um, you know, I even questioned whether whether Baker Mayfield could even make that pass himself. Um, but it was a dime to Od- uh, to Odell, and then obviously Odell monster day. We talked about him in studs versus duds. Um, he had a rushing touchdown, two receiving touchdowns. You know, looked like the Odell from the Giants that we all know. Austin Hooper grabbed a touchdown. So, the, I mean, Baker Mayfield was just spreading it all over the field. The The Browns' offense was clicking. Obviously, Nick Chubb goes out. Kareem Hunt comes in and looks great, gets a touchdown. Um, you know, nothing to really not like from the Browns this week. I mean, we could say they let up 38 points, but the Cowboys let up 49, so it's almost forgiven. Um, that was our good offense. Holding, I mean, holding them to 38 is not too bad. And they had only they had 14 going into the fourth quarter. Yes, and then for the Cowboys oh, side, start for Stidham throws a pick immediately. Does he have two throws in Patriots uniform, both for picks? <laughs> in the end zone, too. Flag though. I'm not. I haven't right, seen it yet. Continue. But... <laughs> yes. Anyway, like I was going to say, Dak 500 yards on the day, 502 yards for four touchdowns. Um, Amari Cooper looked great. 12 receptions, 134 yards and a touchdown PPR dream right there. CD lamb, two touchdowns on the day, 79 yards. Um, the Cowboys defense non-existent here. I think that's fair to say giving up 49 points. Um, I don't know if we really have anything else. yards on the ground. Whoa. Yeah. Pass Baker Mayfield only had 165 passing yards. That's nothing. And they still gave up 49. I know. 
It was uh, like I said, the Dallas Cowboys defense can't stop a nosebleed. That's a that's a good analogy, I guess. Uh, I want to kind of cycle into the Cardinals at the Panthers game. Um, Cardinals lose this one 21-31. You know, big story here was Kenyon Drake. This was supposed to be his, you know, get right game. That did not happen. He was almost non-existent in the game yesterday. You know, the the Cardinals offense in general did not look great. Kyler Murray, only 133 yards, did have three touchdowns. Um, Christian Kirk made a little mark in the end zone, and Chase Edmonds had a rushing touchdown as well, which is not good. Not a good look for Kenyon Drake. Um, Rob, talk to me about this backfield, specifically Kenyon Drake and what we're – I mean, he's not living up to his ADP. The draft capital used to get him is not paying off at all. Talk to me about him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this was the surprise of the weekend. I mean, Carolina, you uh, blink and they were up 14 points in the first quarter. Not something we thought at all. I mean, Carolina hasn't looked good or bad, really, but without CMC, even with Mike Davis performing well, I really thought Arizona, this was going to be a good game for him. Like you said, a get-right game for Kenyon Drake. I thought Kyler Murray was going to pop off. Kyler Murray had a, a day for himself. A good day. Didn't do anything poor, but didn't really go win them the game. So I I, I know we keep saying this every week, but I want to hold off another week on Kenyon Drake because this was a game that they should have been leading and should have been leaning on him mm-hmm. um, to just like waste time. But then, like I said, they blink and they're down 14 points. I mean, how do you then game script for your running back? Um, got 13 carries that look good on those 13 carries, but again, they were carries when they're down. So it's just, I, I don't know. I want to reserve judgment because yes, Chase Edmonds received and caught, or caught a touchdown only had four rushes though. So it's not like they're taking rushes away from Kenyon Drake. But is the performance there to start him? I don't. I I, w- I wouldn't. But I think he does need to get right game, and I, I don't know when that's going to come on the schedule. But uh, it's so hard to it's hard to reserve judgment. We'll see. I mean, they have the Jets. This is the get right game. This is this last last week. I'll even talk about Kenyon Drake. If he doesn't get a lot of points against the Jets, I'm done talking about him. I won't even mention him. I was talking to Brian Ginge. We've talked about him before, um, about him this week, and kind of how this was the you know the get right game. And Ginger was saying how they're playing Dallas in two weeks, and if he doesn't play him then, then that's when he's going to bench him. And I said, that's not the bench. This week was the bench. That week's the drop if he doesn't make it happen. Send no, him to the waver. Jets is the drop. I, I, I'll give him one more week to not drop I him. I would not drop him at all. Jets, Jets yeah. is the drop. Dallas is what? Just not even who? Kenyon Drake who? Um, for the Panthers, Mike Davis, another touchdown this week. You know, Looked good on the ground, 84 yards. Teddy Bridgewater had two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Um, Panthers do end up taking this game 31-21. Um, next game I want to talk about is Ravens Whoa, at Washington. No call out for Robbie Anderson? You Number can talk about Robbie Anderson right if you want no, to talk no, about no, him. and I called it last week, your last he's, episode. He's still good. He's still good. That's all it is. He's the eighth-ranked receiver. That's all we need to say. Still yep, very I think same discussion last week. Oh, and I liked him a lot last week. <laughs> I can tell. Anything else you want to say about him? No. All good. All good. <laughs> can I go on to the next game now? Yes, sir. Okay. The Baltimore Ravens went to Washington to take on the Washington football team. Um, Lamar Jackson coming off the loss to the Chiefs last week. That was last week. Yes, it was last week. Um, Ravens take this one 31-17. Lamar did not break 200 yards, did have two touchdowns and an interception. Robert Griffin the third came in through one pass for one interception. So that was the end of that. Um, led, led to a Washington touchdown that helped me hit the over. So <laughs> okay. thank, you, thank you, Robert Griffin, the third. 
Um, Lamar Jackson did also have a touchdown on the ground. Mark Ingram made a little mark in the end zone this week. Mark Andrews, two touchdowns. Um, you know, the Ravens were rolling this week, you know, another, you know, kind of a get right game for them after the loss to the chiefs last week. Um, Washington though, Dwayne Haskins had, I guess, something to play for this week. You know, he was told, apparently he was told that if he didn't perform, he was going to be benched. Um, he did have 314 yards, no touchdowns. Um, there obviously wasn't a lot of scoring on the Washington side. As we've said all year, um, scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, always busy, 10 receptions, 118 yards, no touchdown. Finally but healthy. I mean, that's finally healthy. Still a great day for from a PPR perspective. Um, Rob, you're happy with him. Talk to me about this offense, though. Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Derek. Um, Dwayne Haskins, what are, what are they looking like moving forward? See Gibson get a touchdown because it was never going to be a productive day for him against the Ravens. Good good defense, um, and we're always going to be in the lead and, and stuff like that. So it was never going to be a good day for Gibson, but for him to sneak out 46 yards and a touchdown, always nice. Dwayne Haskins didn't throw for a touchdown, like you said. Had a ton of yards, did run for one, though, so give him some credit there if that he got one. I think... I definitely think he's just way better than anything they have. I don't know what the coach is thinking, even trying to put that pressure on him. Um, as he, he hasn't really been given a fair chance, in my opinion. They've just hated him from the start. Um, I, I think he's really good. Finds Terry a lot. Uh, Gibson was good in the uh, pass game as well. J.D. McKissick um, out, of, out of the backfield passing as well. Uh, he, just, he spread the ball around. Seven catches, ten catches, four catches, four catches. It was a really good passing day for Dwayne Haskins, and I think... It just shows there's there's actually some fantasy value in that offense. Um, I don't think they're gonna win many games. Uh, let's let's get that right. Uh, they're not gonna win many games, but from a fantasy standpoint, I, I there's actually some good value in this fantasy team. Uh, I was wrong about Gibson two weeks ago. I didn't think there was much fantasy value there. He has some. I'm happy Terry's fully healthy and and is gonna get these ten catches a game because they're just gonna sling the ball around. But I, I'm really surprised that there's actually some decent fantasy value in that team, especially in that division as well. Yeah, I think like we've said, I mean, Terry's always going to be consistent um, just because of sheer volume in a PPR format. Next game I want to look at is the Giants at the Rams. Um, Rams take this one 17-9 at home in SoFi Stadium. We'll start well, We'll start with the Giants offense, um, Graham Gano. Now we'll talk about the Rams offense. <laughs> um, Jared Goff, 200 yards and a touchdown. I was so frustrated this week. I took Daryl Henderson on a flyer. Um, you know, he had a great week last week, looked strong the week before that. Malcolm Brown, obviously, with the big week one, but it looked like Darren Henderson was the guy. This game just not did not go in a running back favor for the Rams. I mean, Henderson had nine carries. Brown had eight carries. I don't even want to go into the yardage. because hey, Say I told you so. doesn't I matter. I was saying that last week. I wasn't sold on Henderson yet. I... You know, I can't next week. Oof. Say it again. Yeah. Can't make us not back next week. I mean, I've, I've said all along, I think Daryl, I think Daryl Henderson's the guy still because, you know, they've had Malcolm Brown. They knew what they can get from him. They drafted Daryl Henderson um, with good draft capital. And then the next year they take Cam Akers with good draft capital. So, I mean, I don't understand what. Sean McVay is doing here. I mean, he's definitely sticking to his word when he said he was going to do a running back by committee. Very frustrating as someone who's had Brown and Henderson as flyers this week. I never started Brown, but I had faith in Henderson this week. Beach, I want to hear from you on this. You're a Cam Akers owner. Um, looking like he's going to return for week five. What do you make of this backfield moving forward? 
Well, you mentioned it, right? McVay's certainly going to stick to his guns and the running back by committee. Um, Henderson has shown a little bit of promise. He threw four games. He's got 43 carries for 223 yards. Malcolm Brown's got 45 carries for 128 yards. But certainly it shows that Henderson is gotten the bulk of the carries since acres went down um but i took acres for what i saw out of him lopping around out here sorry for sorry to interject second time he's done with this game um took acres just because i saw uh, with me being a florida state fan i saw what he could do oh during his time in tallahassee he's got the potential to take over a backfield he he has the ability to find smallest of holes and you know make big chunk plays out of them um certainly losing him early on in the season especially in his rookie campaign wasn't uh wasn't great but i think you know if he's back and he's a hundred percent healthy i just hope the rams aren't rushing him back just to get him back for playing sake um i think that does show potential here and and, and certainly for me uh, i hope i hope to see that potential because my my running back uh core can certainly use a boost right now yeah i think definitely something for you to monitor moving forward um can't be saying i'll can't say i'll be starting uh daryl henderson anytime soon next game i want to look at is the bills at the raiders um Josh Allen just continuing his campaign, 288 yards, two touchdowns passing, a rushing touchdown, great touchdown pass to Cole or reception by Cole Beasley. Um, looked painful on the way down. Can't see I'd be getting up from that very quickly, um, but I guess that's why they're in the NFL. So the the Bills take this one on the road, 30 to 23. Derek Carr, 311 yards and two touchdowns. I don't know if you got and feel free to chime in if you guys remember this guy, Nelson Aguilar. Um had a he touchdown. Drop him every pass. He caught this pass and it was for a touchdown. So we'll give him that. Um outside of that, though, I mean, not a lot to talk about in this game, Rob, I don't know if you any have anything to add on your bills or your Josh Allen, I should say so good no he he's he is incredible. I mean, got a running touchdown as well because um, it, uh, goal it's funny because of with Zach Moss being out, uh the goal on carries are basically Josh Allen's goal on carries to take because Singletary is a small guy. Uh, but no, he spreads the ball around a lot. I don't know what to make of the wide receivers. Diggs seems to be a standout now. He got 115 yards, no touchdown, but a lot of receptions for 115 yards seems to be the guy um, fully. At this point, John Brown actually has looked good. Cole Beasley, like you said, amazing catch. Cole Beasley is just a gritty um, uh, slot receiver and, and just like really good guy to have there for Josh Allen. But yeah, the offense, they fire in all cylinders. I mean, the, Ve- uh, the Vegas defense isn't incredible. But, I mean, that's four straight games now. We've seen the Bills put up numbers, so that's just something to look for. I get as many people on this offense as you can, especially if Zach Moss stays out. Singletary is a, is another good option because he is good out of the backfield catching it um, and was shifty and got a touchdown himself. So uh, there's no bad parts of this offense from what I've seen. Yeah, I think Zach Moss – we were talking about Zach Moss earlier. You know, not really much you can trust for him, and he was actually injured. Um, you know, Devin Singletary looks fine to hold the job for now. Um, next game is the Colts at the Bears. This one was kind of a snoozer for a little while. Not much going on. Uh, Mo Alley Cox, another touchdown on the day. 
Allen Robinson looked great. Seven receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Um, a Moss touchdown. He mossed his Late defender. Touchdown, though. It was, Late it was I, you know, listen, he's it still out of garbage. They all count. They all count. They all Allen count. And it was great. In the garbage time since the start of his career with the Jags. Listen, I will fight you over this. <laughs> First of all. Second of all, um, Nick Foles did not look great for like the first half of the game. So a lot of the blame can be put on that. Say it again. Mitch, I think it's Mitch time again. No, it's not Mitch time again. Don't say that. <laughs> Nick Foles still ended the day 249 yards and a touchdown. Did have an interception. Um, I really, you know, what I think they should have done is they should have started Mitch Trubisky and then taken Foles off the bench after the first snap because he just, the first snap of the game because he just always seems to play better coming off the bench. Um, that, that's my That's my diagnosis. <laughs> For this offense moving forward, just start your biscuit and then bring Foles in after like the first possession. I'll be fine with that. Last game we're going to talk about here, Sunday night football, Eagles at the 49ers. Um, obviously, Jimmy G still injured. Nick Mullins in 200 yards for him and a touchdown, did throw two interceptions. Jarek McKinnon, you know, another rushing touchdown, looked good for what he was asked to do this week. Brandon Ayuk had a very nice rushing rushing touchdown. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, did like a hurdle flip type of thing. Over the defender part of this whole game. Um, George Kidd coming back, looking like an absolute beast. 15 receptions, 183 yards, and a touchdown. You know, this 49ers offense, though they lost, I mean, I kind of highlighted all the good they looked this week, how good they looked. This week, um, kind of surprising they lost to the Eagles based on how the Eagles looked yesterday, um, especially since Zach Ertz was non-existent. Miles Sanders had a quiet day. Um, Tyler, kind of walk me through this game here. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles did whatever they had to do to win, and it wasn't looking good right off the rip. I mean, Georgia was ramping their defense, looking like a men, a men among boys, basically, and nobody on the Eagles' offense really stood out, but Carson Wentz, Got it done. I mean, he he had a, another Carson Wentz play where he somehow got a rushing touchdown out of it, and he was he's pretty good for his, his for his not much talent on the Eagles team. I mean, yeah, Zach Ertz had nine yards in total. That's just not going to get it done. And Fulgham, some guy that I've never heard of before Travis this game. Fulgham. Yeah, he got he got the touchdown pass from Wentz, and I don't. I mean, granted, Nick Mullins gave. And I mean, gave the Eagles a pick six. Couldn't have made mm. it any easier. Lofted the pass about five yards right into the Eagles. And that was the difference for me. I mean, the Eagles offense still doesn't look great. I'm not big on Miles Sanders just because he lost me last season. But for him, he had a decent game. Didn't get the ball as much as he should have, but he was productive enough with 46 yards. That's just a 49ers defense. I think that's just going to slow him down. So. Tough read on the Eagles. Nobody on that offense besides Sanders. I would want to own Ertz. I would start, but he's starting to get a little scary. I think uh, one thing here that we need to look at, too, is this is a Philadelphia team that sits in first place in an absolute dumpster fire of an NFC East. True. Uh, one, one, two, and one through four games, and they could easily be I'll definitely give them two and two. They could possibly be three and one because I really think should have won that game week one against 
uh, Washington. Obviously, they didn't show up week two against the Rams when the Rams just went in and absolutely blew their doors off of them early, and that game was over uh, before it even got to the to halftime. But with with that said, Tyler already mentioned it. This is a 49ers defense that is just suffering right now. Um, obviously, the big the big name up front is Joey Bosa. To to lose him. Uh, this early in the season, you know, and I mentioned it in the piece that I put together uh, for the podcast. Uh, they're going to easily go from Super Bowl representative for the NFC to possibly uh, being in the running for a top five pick, certainly uh, in next year's draft. Um, it, it sucks to see them, you know. As much as we were Brady guys here, I, I do like to see Jimmy G kind of do well and succeed. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's in the cards this year for the 49ers. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I, I think it's just they did have Debo Samuel back this week. He had you know very little production, as you'd expect, coming off injury. Raheem Moster was out again this week. So just a lot of missing pieces on the offensive and defensive side. If Robert Tell, you guys don't have anything to add um, for this game, I oh think. Oh my God! What's up? Julian Edelman just gave the Chiefs a touchdown. The Pats are, have done uh, everything they uh, can to lose this game. Should we jump right to it today? Should we jump right to this game? That's the. I just want to say also that's the second pass that's gone off Julian Edelman's hands today. Luckily, yeah, he's looked he's looked bad. The first one, got, the first one was picked up by a Patriots receiver, but yes, obviously these two games tonight, New England at Kansas City, almost not played um, due to a COVID scare. Cam Newton confirmed positive, but no one else in the team tested positive, which is obviously, you know, what we hope to hear. Um, currently in the fourth quarter, eight minutes left, the score just changed. So I don't want to tell you the score because Tyron Matthew just got a pick six, but not Huge for me playing the KC oh. defense. We got, yeah, so we got the uh, three blind mice out there for refs again between the Pats and the Chiefs. We love having them out there. Pretty sure Bucker just missed that. Nope, it went through just over the net. So it's hard. It's hard the one before you, yeah. like always. But eight eight forty eight left. Um, New England down ten to twenty six to Kansas City and Kansas City. Um, obviously. The story here is Cam Newton not playing. Brian Hoyer starts the game, and now Jarrett Stidham is in, and just nothing seems to be working. Edelman seems off his game. Um, his face. Say it again. Honestly, that was right at Edelman's face. I don't even know how he dropped yeah. it without it hitting him. <laughs> and Edelman honestly, didn't play at all. The, Edelman didn't play at all in the first quarter. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm not being too biased right now either. But Mahomes looks really bad. He should easily have two picks both drop by. One was McCordy in the first quarter. Another one. And these were like bread basket ones, not contested catches that he dropped. And it's Tyler, like, you, like, like shovel passes. And like you alluded to, right? The referees are certainly helping out here a little bit. I mean, on that last, the last charger, uh, charger, last Chiefs drive, Holmes had gone out of bounds and he was on his way down. And Dietrich Wise was trying to hold him up. Lawrence guy was in there as well. In, Mahomes just flops down to the ground, and he somehow yeah. the refs that's, fall that's for it, and they bought it. I didn't know the refs played fantasy. That's that's not the first. We don't need to talk about him. I didn't know. Either. I didn't know we got fantasy points for the refs. Oh, we do. We need to talk about Pat's Chiefs refs because they're they're dummies. But 
Tyreek yeah, I mean, Hill. They saved us from losing. The they, they saved us from losing by thirty. That's about it. Well, the Pats are trying to lose this game right now for sure. They're dropping everything. But it, right from now, on a fantasy note, though, Clyde Edwards Hilaire does not look good. He cannot seem to break out a run. He had one. Uh, yeah. He had one long rush for thirteen yards, but couldn't Damian break out another Harris, run though, the game. Like a not like a good right Patriots. Now. Yeah. He looks good. He does I for mean... the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. He looks good. Like we, I mean, we mentioned already that we're not big fans of Sony Michelle as it is. So to see Damian oh. Harris is is encouraging. Um, have actually some depth there. But yeah, no, I was surprised. I thought this would be a good game for Clyde because the Patriots obviously are going to scheme up Patrick Mahomes pretty well. Yeah. And I thought maybe this could have been a good running day because the Pat's defense hasn't been amazing against the rush, um, but not really uh, performing well for Clyde. Yeah, no, and. A little disappointing for fantasy owners. I mean, he did have a strong past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's always hit or miss coming into New England because you don't know who Bill Pelichek's going to take away. I mean, obviously, the Chiefs have so many options, so you can only take away so many. Um, obviously, Clyde was the was the guy this week. And then, obviously, the, game, the other game just kicked off. The Falcons at Lambeau taking on Green Bay. I think Aaron Jones has a touchdown. Yep. He yeah, just got I mean, stuffed at the one, stuffed the one. He's the other one. touchdown, and then they went for it on fourth and one and didn't get it. Yep. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely be jumping into this game on Thursday on our next podcast. But that is all we have for you today. Um, we want to say thank you t- very much to Ian Beauchene of Titletown Takes. We appreciate you coming on the show, Ian. Um, definitely check out his podcast. When you get a second beach, tell him where they can find you. So we're up on uh, we're up on YouTube. Uh, you can find us there. Be sure to like and subscribe. We're also on Apple Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker. Um, you can also find us on Anchor as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Titletown underscore Takes. Uh, got a lot of great content coming out. We're rolling out uh, what we're calling the Titletown Takes PA train. Uh, we're currently speaking with uh, public address announcers from at least a dozen. Uh, NHL organizations so we get a lot of great stuff coming out uh, for people to tune into yeah definitely check him out I did see that video on Twitter very funny um, but anyway that's it from us thank you guys so much for checking in um, for tuning into this episode uh, can make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram um, Rob will have all the links to where our uh, where our podcast will be posted below and until next time we will see you soon peace out fellas on the people like us.